0: You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. Psychoanalytic Cases. Sigmund Freud's Anna O with Dr. Alexander Dmitrievich. This is one of the cases that were published in the first psychoanalytic book that was ever written. Please pay attention to it. The first author of the book is Josef Breuer, and Freud is the younger, the second author. And the book was published in 1895 in Vienna, and it offers a discussion about the disorder that was in the focus of attention for most of people we would today call psychiatrists in Europe at that time, and that is hysteria, hysteric disorders. At that time, no one could know that Freud would grow from an obscure, younger, second author into an internationally famous and infamous figure whom some people will revere and some people will uh, try to discredit in every possible way. But nowadays, this is number one. This is where everything starts from. In the German edition of Freud's Complete Works and in the English so-called Standard Edition, this is where everything starts from. From all the case studies in the book, there are six in all. One is Freud's, five are by Breuer, and Anna O is by far the most famous of those cases. Even people who are not deep into psychoanalysis may know her name for various reasons. All of the case studies in the book are about female patients. That is one very frequent criticism of Freud's work, that he tried to generalize on all the humanity things that he observed in working with a very limited number of usually female patients, usually coming from well-to-do, well-educated families in Vienna. Uh, The patient's problems were very significant. She suffered from various sorts of problems, and all was subsumed under the word hysteria. There were somatic symptoms, there were bizarre symptoms, uh, similar to psychotic symptoms, and there are some things uh, I cannot tell you I understand where they came from, even though the case was analyzed by God knows how many people until now. There were moments when she was blind for a limited amount of time. She would not be able to use her eyes, she would not be able to see anything. Then the problem would disappear, but she would not be able to use her left arm, and the problem with using the left arm was that it was insensitive from one spot downward, so to say, that anatomically and physiologically there was no explanation why it would be that. This was not joints, it was not shoulder, for instance, but it was in the middle of the muscle here. So all that happened with her body leads you to conclusion that it must have been somehow psychologically, unconsciously motivated. There were symptoms like she would care about her ill father, and she would look at the wall and she would see snakes on the wall, and then the snakes would disappear. For some time she was not able to drink water, for some time She decided not to use German anymore, but spoke English all the time. We have no idea why. For some time she had very intense fears, fear of death and such stuff. And what's most puzzling for me, her mother claimed that after one day the patient would do everything she had done 365 days before. So the mother allegedly had a diary, And when she would look in the diary, it would turn out that her daughter did everything the same like a year ago. How would the patient know that, and how would she be able to repeat that? I I simply have no explanation for that. The reason the patient has become, one of the reasons the patient has become so famous is that from this treatment we have the idea of talking cure. this is the first of many examples when the most important things in the history of psychoanalysis are discovered by patients and then we are there to hear them and record them and later on to utilize them. So the patient told Breuer, of all that you try to do, what helps me most is when you let me talk. So this is 1880s. And medical profession is completely helpless, even more helpless than today. So Breuer has no idea how exactly to help a hysterical patient. They are trying warm baths and cold baths and diet and exercise and such stuff. And nothing, of course, can bring anything but a small, temporary relief. So Breuer is sensitive enough try to follow the lead he comes to her house and he lets her talk and she talks and talks and talks and while she's talking sometimes she comes upon something that's important and after that she feels better so one day while talking wildly about various different things she stumbles upon so to say a recollection of seeing a dog drink water from a glass and the feeling that she was very disgusted by seeing a dog drinking water like humans should. And from that moment on she was disgusted enough she couldn't drink water. At the moment she remembers it, the symptom disappears and she can drink water again. So that will have huge consequences for the theory of psychoanalysis, for the theory of the unconscious and how trauma works, and the connection between remembering and uh, symptom formation. Breuer wrote in the book that his treatment of NL was successful. He claimed she was cured and everything was fine with her later on. Unfortunately for him, Psychoanalysis and N.O. and Breuer and Freud became very famous during the 20th century, and so many people around the globe wrote their PhDs on history of psychoanalysis. Some of them went to the archives and studied the historical basis of the whole story. This is how Freud told us the story, and this is a very unfortunate history, I think. In the year 1909, Freud was presented with the honorary doctorate from Clark University in Massachusetts in the United States. And he was extremely happy for it. That was the first recognition from the university world for psychoanalysis. At Clark, Freud gave five lectures. Jung and Ferenczi were with him. He spoke in in German, by the way. And the first page of the book, if you open it, says, I am not the person who invented psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis is the invention of Joseph Breuer, and all the credit should go to him. That's 1909. In 1914, Freud writes a paper on the history of psychoanalytic movement. I think the word movement is very specific. Not doctrine, not... uh, clinical form of studying not of science, nothing like that. And the year 1914 is also very important. He is divorcing from Jung and he wants to take psychoanalysis for him. He wants the child to stay with him only. In 1914, just five years later, Freud is critical of Breuer and says, there was a problem. Breuer was afraid he would be seduced by the patient. The patient claimed she was pregnant and the child was Breuer's, and Breuer was afraid and terminated the treatment there. So the treatment was not finished and was not successful. In 1926, Freud wrote an autobiographical study. He wrote about his life, he could not but mention Breuer again, and 12 years after this one, Breuer not only terminates the treatment, but he escapes with his wife to Venice, And during the second honeymoon in Venice, Breuer's youngest daughter is conceived. So, unfortunately for Freud again, historians have studied the story. Venice was nowhere in reality, Breuer's youngest daughter was born years before this event, and so on and so on. Obviously, Freud has a deep need to present the case as less and less successful and Breuer as more, less and less reliable clinician. This is what actually happened. I, 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 I hope, first of all, I hope you can see these small letters, but I'm embarrassed to tell you neither Breuer nor Freud were honest. The patient was referred to, to an asylum by Breuer. She was obviously in a more problematic condition than he wanted us to believe. She attempted suicide several times and she had to be hospitalized. She had to be treated in a, in a hospital. She later on moved to Germany and became a social worker. You can see her here on a stem uh, in the East Germany. She was commemorated as a sort of a socialist. She had opened orphanages in some small place near Frankfurt, Western Germany, and she fought for women's rights for, for decades. She died before the beginning of the Third Reich, but they destroyed everything she had built. All the institutions, all the orphanages were destroyed immediately. In the meantime, in between all this, she wrote a poem titled, Love Did Not Come To Me. She never had family, she obviously cared for orphan children because she didn't have her own, and I'm always puzzled by the idea that love can come to you, that love is something that will come. If you stay in a place, it will come to you. I, I, I somehow find that a very important material for psychoanalytic work. But that is how it all began. That is point zero. That is how psychoanalysis, psychoanalytic work with patients started. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.